Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. I want to go ahead and take you back to Monday of this week and tell you exactly how this service came to be. Uh, not scheduled or planned, but the, the message itself. Monday morning, uh, somewhere between 7 and 7.30, I drove up under the, uh, the drive-through, the covering out front, and before I could switch my engine off, um, you know, without going into past history, I, I want to just tell all of you, uh, if the devil wants to really attack me, he will attack my mind and uh, to the degree to make me feel like I'm losing my mind. And, you know, I, I give God glory for that, but I haven't told my wife this. Nobody knows this but the Lord. But when I drove up and put the car in park, immediately and and I know it so I know it by heart as you would say immediately I felt the devil just attack me you know last week we talked about his tongue always talking in her when nobody's around so you can't pin it on somebody it's just him and you and we even talked about Jesus and you know being tempted after 40 days nobody but Jesus and, and Satan. And he began to assault me so severely that, that I, I mean in a matter of seconds, I broke out almost to a, a sweat like, you, like you, you know that clammy feel before you're going to throw up. I hate to say that. But, but that's how, how bad it was. And I felt myself doing what we all know we need to admit sometimes, reach out and touch someone, and I was going to call Angie and say, listen, it's happening again. I need you to come home. Well, that's the way it works. It's only happened twice in my life, but I know it. So anyway, I almost pulled the door shut, and at that moment, when I started to pull it shut, God said, go in. I shut the engine off. I got my Bible and things. And I knew what to do, but he told me what to do. I walked in. Didn't know if I was going to run to the restroom and throw up or what. I didn't get any farther than that middle hallway that comes into the sanctuary. And I began to pray like I've never prayed. And before I got to the sanctuary, and this is kind of a soft introduction before I really lay it on you here, the Spirit of God began to pray for me. And by the time I got to this altar right here, I, I didn't even kneel. I just set my things, uh, my Bible down, by the time I got there, I'm telling you, 
the devil was so far away from me, and I, I don't drink them, don't endorse them, but I felt like I had drank 10 energy drinks or very strong cups of coffee. I was singing like nobody's business. I was worshiping. I was no longer sweating profusely. There was no more nausea. There was no more attack on my mind. So my morning, I mean immediately, my morning turned into dancing literally right here in this church. And as soon as that happened, God says, you will preach that message this Sunday morning. And so, I was going to preach it anyway. And at the end of this message, I'm going to share with you the miraculous confirmation that God uh, just sent my way uh, through a, a podcast message that led me to another one that had to be the handiwork of God. So, let me go ahead and tell you. What I'm going to share with you for the next few minutes, the air will get thin in the room. People will probably get uncomfortable to a certain degree. The enemy of your soul will do everything he can to try to derail the prayer we've already prayed for one another. And he will try to shut you down and me down and just get your mind off of what I'm about to tell you. And I'm going to expose him as to why he's going to do that uh, in a little while as well. I, I have preached about ministry gifts. I've preached about uh, spiritual gifts, fruit of the Spirit. I've preached about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I uh, have a daughter and a son-in-law both, uh, but uh, I, I'm responsible for where Caitlin went to school that went to a Baptist college, and she got not just her undergraduate, but graduate degree. Uh, my daddy was raised Baptist. This is not a denominational message, but I'm just telling you uh, so you'll know every angle that the Spirit of the Lord is trying to present this morning. I was raised in a Pentecostal denomination. I went to a Pentecostal Bible college. But I want you to know, my entire life, this has either not been preached or it's been misrepresented. It's taken Scripture and it has completely taking it out of context, and there's one person who is completely uh, happy about all the misunderstanding, and I'll expose him. You know who he is. So I, I want to tell you this. Will you at least give Almighty God a chance just to speak to you today through his word? I'm not trying to convince you of the way I feel or the way I believe. And to be quite honest with you, I don't have a feeling or a certain way of believing. I read the scriptures. The scriptures speak for themselves. Men get in the way, attached to pride, 
and they either will eliminate Scripture, they will either twist it, they will make it something that uh, matches their personal doctrine, all at the expense of the sheep and people that God sent forth His Word for. So you got to listen today uh, with not just your ears, but you have to listen with your heart because the Lord speaks in that way. I won't waste any time asking you to raise your hand if you believe that this world, not just our country, is in foul shape. It's sicker than it's ever been. I'll just hit two or three things in case people are confused. We don't need to waste any time on the billions of dollars uh, that is being spent to tell four-year-old children or six-month-old babies or first and second graders that they're not really what they were born to be. Uh, you know, we can go into the drag queen reading in public libraries and uh, presenting all this uh, ungodly uh, unnatural sex edu education in school. We can talk about all that. We can talk about human trafficking that starts at the White House and goes to Hollywood and goes through every state. We can talk about legalized drugs. We can talk about transhumanism. We can talk about depopulation. We can talk about every kind of issue. We can talk about nuclear warheads that are pointed at the United States and Israel, I believe, right this minute. We can talk about 5G technology, by the way. Social media is having a fit right now trying to, uh, you know, just can everything I'm saying. But that's all okay because the Spirit always speaks louder than social media. It does. We can talk about all these things all day long. You will not leave here one bit edified, neither will I. So what I want you to understand is... There is a scripture, in, and you, you don't have it, but you know it because I've said it many times. In Hebrew, I'm, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 6, that talks about that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But we wrestle against uh, principalities, uh, rulers of the darkness of this world. You need to think of people in very influential Positions when you hear that part of that scripture. Rulers of the darkness of this. So what they're doing, the rulers in every phase and facet of your life, they are ruling for the darkness. And then you have spiritual wickedness in high places. That's in the heavenlies. Not in heaven where you and I will go if we know Jesus as our Savior. But do you remember the story in Daniel 10 where Daniel was fasting and praying? And do you remember when Michael the archangel came uh, after three weeks from the first time he prayed? And do y'all know what he said, don't you? He said, I would have been here sooner, I'm paraphrasing, but I was held up by the prince of Persia, the prince of of the powers of the air, spiritual wickedness in the heavenly. So you got an angel fighting against the devil because the angel's trying to get the message of God to the man of God. And I want to just give you a FYI headline. That has not ceased. 
The enemy is still fighting. It doesn't matter if it's one angel or a legion or billions of angels or the, uh, the voice of God himself speaking to you. Satan is continuously, he's using every platform in the world. He said, because they're all mine. He said, it's been given to me. I'm not getting into this, but I heard a great message this week. It was given to him when Adam and Eve forfeited that, when they had dominion over everything in the Garden of Eden. When they bit sin for just one bite is all it took, by the way. That's a free sermon in the middle of this one. They gave up all that, and you know who they gave it to now? They gave it directly to him. That's why he told Jesus again, tempting him, it's been given to me. It was theirs, but they gave it to him by their choice. And so when all that happened, uh, you've got this battle that's always going on. And God has led me here today to just tell you, and I'm, I'm about to start, because we are in the closing moments of what I believe is life here on this earth before the bride of Christ is raptured away. I believe we are finishing, and you know that, we are finishing the work Jesus left us here to finish. Now, folks, what you've got to understand, as bad as the world is, and it's going to get worse, you know, we talk about aborting 63 million babies or whatever all the time. And not to minimize that, but that holds no candle at all to the genocide that's going on all over the earth right now. And it's only going to increase. And so because time is short and we can see the desperation of Satan, how we probably make uh, Sodom and Gomorrah look like a Christian daycare now. Uh, because sin abounds and it's increasing like it is We've got to quit being passive believers and Christians, and we've got to understand that if nobody else, you know, there's a small remnant in the body of Christ that's left that gets this. I just want some of the people here to get this too because we've got to do something about it around here and, and wherever you're listening at. And so because it's increasing like it is, we've got to understand what it is that God left us here to do and do it with. And so we cannot just be passive and think that you can vote against something or vote for something and that's going to fix everything. You'll never be able to vote for anything but Jesus Christ, the Word of God, and apply that to your life to see things change. And so that's why we've got to bypass all of this kind of tiptoeing, being nice, being non-offensive and all that. And we've got to see, what is it? What is it that God left us here to do with? What is it that he left us here to do with? He knows that if you and I understand that spiritual wickedness in high places can still be dealt with, and it doesn't have to be with an angel, by the way. It can be through a child of God who understands the nature of God, the spirit of God, the equipment of God for the church, and it's only for right now, by the way, so that we, because he said, you know, in the world, uh, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I've what? I've overcome the world. That means the world will never, or any system of the world, will never have the upper hand on God. So, folks, we've got to get serious 
and know what it is that we can do. And so Satan, for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years, Satan has been very clever at hiding things in plain sight from people that say they read the Bible and even know the Bible. He does that because it's to his disadvantage and his kingdom and his realm and the sphere that he finds, it's to his disadvantage that, that you understand what it is that God has for us. See, coming to church, as I said already, is a noble thing and it's a great thing. But what we've got to all realize is that there's more to Jesus, there's more to being in the army of God than just coming to church and doing a couple of Christian things or things that look like, well, that's a Christian, that's a religious group doing uh, community things. All of those are good. People that serve faith will do those things. But we won't do any of those things at the expense of understanding. Wait, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So we've got to fight back with what God's given us to fight with. And that's what I'm here for today. So I want you to listen because one of the first things you're going to do, you're going to turn it off. You're going to think it was the way you were raised, and you embrace that, and you understand that, and you say, no, that's charismatic, or no, that's not true, or no, that's not right, or that's cultish, or I, I don't know that. And you'll limit, this is what I've done for 50-something years. You, you will limit it to one aspect of God, and you'll be wrong, just like I've been wrong a long time before I've understood that if the devil's going to fight me in a spiritual way, I've got to be able to fight him back in a spiritual way. Reading my Bible's great, but he knows the word too. You know that, right? He knows the word better than any man breathing. He was so sure of how much he knew the word, he quoted the word back to the word when he was tempting him. So he's very, very clever at twisting things in our mind. He'll even make scripture, and he will use people in very prominent pulpits and lecterns and uh, TV. He will use that to try to persuade and distract the masses away from the true artillery that God's left the church with. So, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, the Bible tells us this. Praying always with all prayer. That word all means, well, we'll go back and do those words in a minute. But praying always with all prayer, all types. And supplication in that two-letter word. You know, there's another one. In the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, another two-letter word. I said that's a big deal. If my people which are called by my name. Okay, here's another one equal with that. In. Don't forget it. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, before I go any farther, 
if you will go home and read the entire chapter 6, you will read about the whole armor of God. It's not something that's just uh, you walk through like a, um, a metal detector and it comes on you or like Iron Man or uh, the phone booth, uh, Superman. You're going to have to explain that one, parents. Uh, but it's something that Paul says you actually have to put on and you have to take. All right? Just like we're commanded to pray without ceasing. You have to put on the whole armor of God. You know it, but go home and read it in depth later on, the chapter uh, that I'm reading out of today, chapter 6 of Ephesians. So, praying always with all prayer and supplication after we are told what it takes to fight against and to be equipped with every day of our life, we are given this list of the armor of God this has to be a conscious decision that we make, church, because the devil's had it made uh, for, for a good part of a century now because the church has fallen asleep on these deeper things of God. That's why there's been no resistance. We used to talk about prayer in school. All of you that are uh, 50 years older or older, you know what I'm talking about, how the big deal we used to talk about, Marilyn, whatever her last name was, it don't even important, I don't remember, how she single-handedly took prayer out of school. Well, when you overlook the Bible and you just start getting narrow-minded toward the things of God and you put God in one box, then what happens is there's no resistance, there's no recoil for the devil when it comes to the church. And so this is why, you know, taking prayer out of schools was a bad thing. Well, now we've got children playing, uh, being offered uh, sexual toys to uh, experiment with in public schools that you are funding, by the way. I'm not trying to be graphic today, but I am trying to be real as I possibly can. So I want you to understand you are not in a physical battle. You are in a spiritual battle. And by the way, all the, the times when I would be fault in my mind, I would sing praise songs. I would read my Bible. I would quote my Bible. But it just, it just, and I would get peace sometimes. But for me to sin, Satan packing every single time, it's like I would have to step over into that realm that God's allowed me to, to step over for him to really know that I am in sync with the Savior, I'm in sync with the Father, I'm in sync with the Spirit, and him to understand he's touched the child of God and for him to leave me. That's how you resist the devil and he flees from you. You can't just say, boo, scare, in the name of Jesus. You've got to understand he's in the heavens, so you have to step over out of this flesh, out of this world, this way of thinking, out of this way of being persuaded and learning. And you have to step into that realm so that you can literally fight fire with holy fire. Because I did all those things. They're great and they're wonderful and they make you feel good and you have peace. But when you do this right here, when you pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, I'm telling you, it breaks, and it breaks every single time. When you're told to pray always with all prayer, the word all there 
means collectively, but it means some, the Greek word means some of all types of praying. And then the word I, the two-letter word I emphasized was the word in. That word in simply just means in, like you think, in, I'm doing it in, but I'm also doing it by, and here's the key word, I'm doing it by, but I'm doing it with the Spirit. And then the other word that was highlighted was the word supplication. That's need or uh, really seeking or entreating God. So, I'm always praying with all types of prayer, but I'm, I'm asking God and I'm entreating God, but I've got somebody in there with me doing it. Do you see what I'm saying so far? And then I'm told to do this in the Spirit or with the Spirit or by the Spirit. So I'm now I'm praying, not just praying like I'm accustomed to praying or praying over my blessing or praying when somebody's sick, but now I'm actually stepping over into that other realm where Satan's up there, where he tried to hamstring Michael, and I'm actually praying with the Spirit by the Spirit, in the Spirit. It'll be the best thing you'll ever do as a Christian, but it'll be the hardest thing you'll ever do because your mind will not allow you to do that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something. Every person that's been raised or know about uh, Pentecostal or Charismatic, I, I, we're going to do something in this church that's really going to surprise you. So, I'm told to do this while watching. See, that's one of the things, two things Jesus stressed to the disciples when they wanted to know about the day and the time. First thing he said is, do not be deceived. And I'm telling you, church, it's all over YouTube, pastors. It's, there's dece- there, there are so many false prophets out there. Yeah, they'll tell you about the cross. They'll tell you about Jesus. They'll tell you about grace. They'll tell you about everything. But they will also, somewhere embedded in their message, they will always blaspheme or say something anti the Godhead. You got to be careful. You really have to be careful because, see, he's after you. And the last thing he wants you to know is the whole truth, nothing but the truth, because the truth sets you what? Free. Amen. And I, when I say free, I don't describe a lot of current Christians in the world. I describe, describe bound up, worried, anxious, but I don't describe that. And so you've got to see what you are really living under up here and what you are trying to live through. And God wants to set you and myself free today so that when we wake up on Monday and he tries anything, we don't waste any time. We just step right over here and we get down to business with him. Hallelujah. I already feel the presence of the Lord. He said and we watch, and watching means to be sleepless. To stay awake, keep awake, to watch, to be attentive and to be ready. 
So I'm praying always with all prayer, all types of prayer, in, by, with the Spirit. And I'm watching, I'm, I'm ready, I'm alert, I'm watching with all, all perseverance. A lot of things here, I tried to limit perseverance, but that's to adhere to one. But that's to be devoted. It also means to be steady and attentive, folks, or to continue all the time in a place. To show oneself courageous for, to be in constant readiness for one. Wait on constantly. And this is why we've got to get past this major hurdle that Satan's been so, he's been so successful at for a long time. We've got to get past this because this is what's at stake. We're told to watch and persevere with supplication or entreating God, not for ourselves, but for all the saints. You know what? If, if you want to know what God really treasures and loves, a man that will lay down his life for his friend. That's what the Lord says, that he really admires and honors. And you can't really do that until you know how to, my, my friend, my neighbor, my co-worker, my relative is fighting depression or they are fighting uh, suicidal thoughts or they are fighting uh, divorce. They are fighting, and you can go down that list if you want to. And so I realize that may be playing out in the flesh, but all the masterminding and all the working is going on in the spirit, in the heavens. And so for you to be able to, with all prayer and supplication and perseverance, you've got to step over into that realm to be able to truly pray because you've done admitted that the truth sets people free. And so when you pray for the truth of God, you step over and you pray in, by, with the Spirit, and you tell God, hallelujah, that, Lord, I know only you can intervene in this situation. Only you can break that drug addiction and bondage. Only you can put love back in that marriage. Or only you can restore what's been scarred from childhood when you do that in a spiritual realm instead of just in a fleshly realm and going through the motions and all that folks then Satan again is resisted and he flees and you begin to get praise report about the strangest thing that happened in my life that's how that happens and it happens all the time it happens all the time I know I've got to hurry but the Spirit, when we are told to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. You know who the Spirit is? The Spirit simply the third person of the Godhead. Holy Spirit, co-equal with the Father and the Son. I love this part of this, this Greek definition that means never referred to as a depersonalized force. I just, I, I, I know that. So. How does the Spirit pray? I'm telling you, not one, not one class out of uh, six years of college with no degree, but a lot of milkshakes at Tony's Ice Cream. 
two mission trips, but not one time, not one sermon. Never. I've gone to conferences. I've gone to, uh, man, I, I, I mean, I've, I've done all the preacher things you could. Not one time have I ever heard, I've heard people talk about spiritual warfare, I've heard people talk about, um, you know, gifts of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, all these things, Ephesians 6, armor of God, everybody has, but I've never not, never not, I'm glad Angie's up there, uh, not one time have I ever, ever, ever heard anybody preach about literally praying in the spirit, because you know where people's mind goes to when you first say that, don't you? Well, that's that's speaking in tongues. That's as weird as the day is long and all. And I'm telling you, who's behind all that? I've done called his name many times, but the devil just wants to go home. Oh, yeah, that's it. And so, see, he's been successful, and that is, it's been misrepresented by people of all walks of life, and that's been a very clever plan. And I want to expose him publicly to you today and I want to tell you what God really says in his word because seminaries pastors and all the people I've named have taken this thing man and they have made it a very thin Bible and they'll tell you no 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 you're wrong you're right. that doesn't matter listen it's the Satan's advantage to make you think that God doesn't move God doesn't work that's not available anymore well, he sure picked up his game over the past 2,000 years, hadn't he? Amen. He's picked up his game over the past three years, hadn't he? It's just, do you know, let me throw you another uh, real-life thing. Do you know they're right this minute on the books in California, if it already hadn't happened, they're trying to legalize sodomy with children and just say, that's the way I'm born. That's my sexual preference. You can still Google that trash. So I'm telling you, that's happening, playing out in the flesh. But all the ideas is happening in high places and being told and funneled through the rulers of the darkness. Do you see how that happens now? Just like you are influenced and spoken to by the Holy Spirit, the rulers of darkness are spoken to by the unholy evil spirit. And they carry out their plan, so why don't the church start carrying out the Holy Spirit's plan? Yes, they do. Okay. So how does the Spirit pray? It's in plain uh, English right in front of us in Paul's uh, book of Romans, the 8th chapter. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not. Here you go. This is really the message right here in this scripture. We know not what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit, the Spirit, maketh intercession for us with groanings which absolutely cannot be uttered. Helpeth, the word helpeth, you might find this interesting today. That word means to actually lay hold along with or to strive to obtain with others. Help in 
obtaining. Do you see how the Spirit in, when we're told in the 6th chapter of Ephesians, praying in the Spirit, now do you, in with by, do you see now how God has tied all this together through His Word? Not, not confusing about it at all. So, to end by with, because the Spirit helps us, it, it goes along with us to obtain with others. It also takes hold with another. So when I'm praying if, in, with, by the Spirit, it actually takes hold of my arm. It takes hold of me, with me, and it goes because I don't know how to pray. I've been told that. I don't know what I ought to pray for. But the Spirit knows, yeah, we really need to pray because they're going to start doing drugs if something don't happen. So when I say, okay, God, I'm going to step over in that world, the Spirit says, in with by, here we go. We're going to pray, and I'm going to tell the Father exactly what needs to happen. I'm going to pray for you, with you, but I'm going to say it in a way you can't say it. Prove that to you right now. So he's going to help because he's going to come along and pray with me. And he's also told me that the Spirit helps, prays for, joins forces with because he's praying about my infirmities, which you always think that that means sickness, and it does, but it means want of strength or weakness. Infirmity of the body uh, it's native weakness and frailty. But it also means what you know as being feebleness of health or sickness of the soul. But here we go. Here we go. Now we're starting to dig in because it equally means to restrain corrupt desires and to bear trials and troubles. Uh-oh. So that means when I'm praying in the Spirit... I don't know what I ought to pray. Sometimes the Spirit's saying, I'm joined with, we're jumping over in this world because there's some corrupt desires inside of you, Opie, and you don't know you need to pray for that. You've got bitterness in your heart, or you've got worry in your heart. You've got doubt against what God said, and God's been spoken over your life. So I'm joining, and I'm going to intercede because you don't know what you need to pray for right now. So in the Spirit, God begins to pray for me through the Spirit because I'm with Him. We've gone to the altar too many times by ourselves because he prays not only with me, by me, for me, but he, he makes intercession for me with groanings. Or you know what that word really means? A sigh. There, there's not a, that's not a word. When you sigh over something, um, that's, that's not a word like if and but. A sigh is just like, huh. The Spirit, when I step over, the Spirit actually will pray. Some, that's why I told you a lot of people's Pentecostal the, not theology is going to get questioned today. All right? So the Spirit is now joining forces and praying with by, I'm in the Spirit praying. I'm not in me praying. I'm not just, I mean, I'm digging in. And so now the Spirit is praying because I'm convicted. You know, the Holy Spirit, when it was poured out on the day of Pentecost, it was given so that not only to be a comforter, but it also convicts me too. So when I embrace 
the entire word of God, it comes, I step over here, and I'm up here fighting now in prayer. The spirit is praying, and sometimes the only word, now God knows everything that's happened, but sometimes, like I did Monday morning, you get to a point where all you can do is sigh. There, there's not even a word. That word, can you put that word up there real quick? Utter, please. Uh, I want to point out something real quick. The word utter means not to be uttered, not expressed in words. Sometimes when you are praying in, by, and with the Spirit, the only thing that will come out of your mouth is a cry or a sigh. But the Spirit knows what that need is. You're broken now because, yes, I do have a problem with anger or I do have a problem with jealousy or I do have a problem with worry or I do have a problem with doubting God and faith. So now I can't even talk anymore. I can't even pray with my own lips. And I'm not even speaking in an undone tongue, by the way, at this time. I'm just crying and sighing. But Almighty God hears everything that's coming from me at that moment because that's the real me, that's the real Holy Ghost praying for me, with me, by me, and through me and telling the Father exactly what's going on in my life. So, can you see now? Can you see now why the best place to make this so confusing is in seminaries? Bible colleges, well-known pastors and Sunday school classes and curriculum. Can you see why we'll be labeled if <laughs> it's to Satan's advantage that you don't fight on that level. You just stay down here. I'll take care of all this. All these boogers in the world going to carry out everything that I tell them to. But you stay down here. Just do your nice uh, non-offensive church things, Christian things. And uh, I'm going to keep it stoked up for you, buddy. But the man that knows, listen, I'm nailing this flesh to the cross, knows right now, once you have joined forces with the Spirit of God, and you allowed the Spirit to just pray for you, with you, by you, through you, you'll never go back to a humdrum, prayer, predictable prayer life. In fact, you won't have to be told to pray without ceasing. You don't want to listen to your radio. You don't want to watch things on TV. All you want to do is just talk, talk, talk to God and watch the devil run. I know I've got to hurry, but 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 14. I'm not doing good at finding it. So I might need some help. If I it is, okay. Paul said this. What is it then? I will pray in by, you know that third word, in by with. I will pray with the Spirit. That's a sigh. Sometimes it comes out in an a very unfamiliar tongue or word or words. And I'm going to really say something that's going to probably shock most people here in a minute. Especially when you've got a preconceived idea. But what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. And I will pray with the understanding. Now, I was born at night, but not last night, folks. So I know if there's a way to pray 
with understanding. There must be a way that you pray and you don't understand. Amen. I ain't got to look a Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic. I don't have to look none of that up. That's just, that's just it. Paul said, so I will pray with the Spirit, but I also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with a sigh. I will sing when I'm beside myself, as so. but I'll also sing with the understanding. I'm going to show you a clip in just a second of that thing that I ran across that it's, it's only a miracle. Uh, Aaron had sent a, a podcast, and uh, I said, I, I listened to that, I don't listen to it again, but she said, you need to hear the other one on anointing. So when I heard this man speak the first five minutes, that was my confirmation all over. I didn't need it, but God was so kind to give it to me. And this is what, this is what all of this teaching in the world buys you and it renders and it gets you when people have very, very cooperatively with Satan stayed away, talked down, tried to confuse and all that. Because what we're going to do in a minute, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, and then we're going to play the video. We are absolutely not going to come to this altar, and I'm going to tell you words to say, or somebody's going to lay their hands on you and tell you. I've seen that done my whole life. Sometimes it was real, but a lot of times it was flesh, and it was out of ignorance. See, according to the Bible, Acts chapter 2, Jesus Christ had told them, he said, I'm going away, but I'm sending this spirit to you. All I want you to do is go to Jerusalem until you have it, until you are endued with power from all I Go, don't take a class, don't tell anybody what to do, don't buy tapes, don't buy CDs, go and sit. Read it for yourself, Acts chapter 2. They went, they sat, and then everything I've preached is what you'll read again in a different context, in a different setting, rather. So, we're not doing that. That's not what happened. You say, well, I know about this church. I know about this prayer. I don't care. I read to you out of the holy word of God today. I don't have an opinion. I don't have a doctrine. I, don't, I, I have that Bible right there. I, the Bible says, you know this scripture, we're not ignorant of his devices, but a lot of people are blind to them, and they go right along. Well, I, I don't know how I feel about that. That's where you're wrong to begin with. When you try to develop a feeling about it, then you're wrong. Boy, I'll never go. I, I, Opie, I didn't know that's what you were about. I've been here, all, and you, you've never kind of got out there on that cult stuff. You better be careful. Personally, you better be careful if you say or feel that way. But the second thing is you better watch out because you don't have anything to come against the enemy with when it gets bad. All you can do is boo-hoo and cry, maybe go grab your wine bottle or your liquor and call a real Christian to pray for you. But I'm telling you, you don't have to call a real Christian. Peter said, it's not just for us. They're not drunkish, but it's for you, you, your children, and as many as are far. You ain't got to call nobody. It's still yours if you'll just let God 
let you have it. So, this is the very reason why we've got to we've got to quit playing around with being a Christian, and we've got to understand about spiritual warfare and what we can do about it in our own lives. So I want just about five minutes, and then we're going to pray. Uh, many churches preach that Jesus can save you for heaven, but he really can't help you on this earth. And when Jesus shows up in Luke 4 and preaches his first sermon at his home church, he says, this is who I really am. And this is what I really do. In other words, if you have a broken heart, I can heal you of that broken heart. I can open blind eyes. I can set you free from a bondage or an addiction. And that message, almost 30 years ago now, and now this is the first time I've, I've ever done a series on it, that message came out of some trauma and a tragedy in our family. And so I've never, I don't think I've ever shared this with you. I've told you about the tragedy of the trauma on my mother's side. On my father's side, um, my father was the first believer in his family. Uh, he heard the gospel for the first time when he was 16 years old and accepted Christ. And that changed our, our family. Um, he had two brothers. Uh, one of them struggled with alcoholism his entire life, uh, ate and out of jail, finally went to prison, and then uh, died a few years after he got out of prison for DUIs, DWIs, things like that. The other brother went to Vietnam and was a war hero, but came back uh, very um, with mental health problems and emotional health problems. He had been married, uh, got a divorce, had three children. His first wife got divorced, married another woman, had three children with her, divorced, they remarried, divorced, they remarried. Um, but on the third time that they, he remarried the second wife, is everyone following this? <laughs> Some of you say, yes, I, I understand completely what you're talking about. Uh, uh, so, okay. Um, he had tremendous problems with addictions, he had problems with demonic spirits uh, that I believe he picked up in Vietnam. He had problems with shame because of things he had to do in war. Um, he just had very just a lot of difficulties. But that third time that they got remarried, they said, let's, let's go to church. Let's try church. They went to a church that at least preached that you can be born again and be saved. He got saved. Uh, he truly accepted the Lord. Um, and even started tithing. They were attending every week, but he still had these dreams. He still had this uncontrollable rage. He, hit, he still had this tremendous shame. Um, I thought about even telling you a couple of the stories that he told my father of things he had to do uh, in war, but I just thought it's just not, it wouldn't, it wouldn't uh, help any to, to share, but it was just horrible. The thing that bothered me was, and this is where this message, the first burden in the 90s came from, was that he was going to church, he accepted Christ, but the message he was hearing was, Jesus saves you so that when you die, you go to heaven, but he really can't help you on this earth. And so 
finally one day he he was he and his wife were talking and she said why don't you go talk to the pastor about these dreams you have about this anger you have about this shame this th- things you have so he went and told the pastor kind of his story things he had done in war how he couldn't get over it the, he basically had PTSD but nobody knew and it was very very severe and you know to hear a car backfire these memories would come back remember Jesus can heal broken hearts he can heal trauma but he didn't know that so he went to the pastor and talked to him uh, he came home this is I'm telling you it's a tragic story I'm already I'm warning you he came home uh, his wife was excited she said what did the pastor say and my uncle said, he said, Jesus can't help me. And he kissed his wife, told her he loved her, and went upstairs and committed suicide. And I preached his memorial service. And it wasn't but just a few weeks after that when I was reading in Luke 4, and I got so angry that we would preach about a Jesus that can save us, but he can't touch us and heal us and heal our broken hearts on this earth. And that's when I preached the message, will the real Jesus please stand up? Because Paul said in Corinthians, if anyone comes and preaches another Jesus to you, don't believe him. So I'm, I'm letting you know, yes, the most important ministry of Jesus is what I started the series with, On Easter, Jesus can save you from your sins. But I'm telling you, according to Luke 4, he can do more than that. (laughs) He can help you get through the traumas of living in a fallen world. He can help you. I'm going to ask all of you if you would stand, if you're able, physically. I don't know the amount of blood it's going to be on false teachers, false prophets' hands. But somebody somewhere is going to pay for that. I, as the pastor of this church, I don't want to have to stand before God and give an account as to why I did not share that with you. That's as wrong for me not to share that with you that live in a real devil, demon-possessed world as, as it is for me not to share with the sinner the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus is not going to leave you here, save you, give you a t- ticket to heaven, but he's not going to leave you here. Do you know that he told his disciples, he said, it's expedient for you that I go away. It's to your advantage. This is Jesus. This is not some hotshot prophet. This was Jesus, the Son of God. Says, hey, all this is great, but it's to your advantage if I go away. I feel him in this place right now. I really do. All God has laid on my heart to do today is to plant a seed in your heart. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, 
But do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner. And you violated the law of God and you stored up wrath. And for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life? If you have not done that, or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen. We'd like to help you out on your journey, and there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission, and you're part of that. So let us pray for you, and if you have any kind of prayer requests, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now, and that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.